declutter takes up so much space in our homes, minds, time, and eventually our landfills. We live in a world that has shaped us into consumers on a planet that can't sustain the consumption. I am Steph Maguire, and the Sort It Out Sustainably podcast is here for the nature freaks and freaks of nature who want to rebel from the consumerist culture and create a more intentional life. I'm on a mission to help you be surrounded by the things that you love and to let go of the things that you don't. I'm all about creating simplicity, sustainability and joy in your home so that you can live a life closer to your full potential. What's not so jolly about Christmas? Putting the good about Christmas aside for a moment, let's talk about the bad and the ugly. I've got a bunch of statistics here and I'm just going to read them out and get right into it. Waste increases by about 30% around Christmas time. Australians use more than 150,000 kilometers of wrapping paper during Christmas, which is enough to wrap around the Earth's equator not just once, but nearly four times. 90% of Aussies discard over 25% of their food during the festive period, as in December 1 to January 1. And I know based on the general waste culture in Australia, majority of people will be sending that food waste to landfill. And if you don't already know why that's a big deal, I could make a whole podcast episode entirely dedicated to the topic of why food waste in landfill is a problem. I've also got some statistics here related to excess stuff around Christmas. 86% of Aussies find Christmas putting a strain on their finances with buying gifts being reported to be the major cause of this pressure. Australians now collectively spend around $11 billion a year on Christmas gifts and receive over $20 million unwanted gifts at Christmas time. Basically, most people are spending beyond their needs to buy presents for people because it's Christmas and a bunch of those presents aren't even useful to the receiver. On top of all that, so many people find Christmas to be a stressful time of year. There's so much pressure in our society to go all out with decorations, presents, food, 101 gatherings, all the things. So I'm no Grinch. I'm not going to basically tell you that Christmas is unnecessary and bad and you should just boycott it. You can actually create a holiday season that serves and adds to your family's life rather than adding more stress to it. I actually do love Christmas. I love that it brings people together in the spirit of celebration. It's a really cool way to end the year and I love a theme. If you've ever been to any party of mine, you'll know that. So Christmas is cool because like everyone's getting into the theme of it somewhat. And you know the cheer in the air on the few days before Christmas where everywhere you go people are, you know, jolly? People are more generous and caring to strangers and care about coming together with their loved ones more than any other time of year. 
Of course, I believe that all year should be like this and we don't need a holiday to make all this happen. But, you know, if it's not actually like this all year, then a holiday making it happen is better than not, right? I'm going to spend the rest of this episode going into how you can actually be more intentional with how you do Christmas this year. Reducing stress, reducing waste, and reducing clutter. And this content here is more than just a podcast episode on the topic. I have a free downloadable guide I've made for you. I made the guide and drafted out the notes for this audio alongside each other. So you can listen to this, learning exactly how to have a more eco-minimalist Christmas, and then use the PDF to actually plan out how you personally are going to do that. I'm excited. Let's get into the good stuff. So before planning anything for the season, reflect on what does this time of year mean for you? For me, it's a bit about family, end of year celebrations. I do love the spirit of giving to an extent and I love that there's a focus on making it fun for kids and I like the nostalgia too. Reflect on what you don't like about Christmas too. I don't like the ultra consumerist pressures, the pressures that pack crowds into shopping centers for people to buy people shit that they probably won't even use. And I don't like how much waste is created and I'm not a fan of the mindless going along with traditions because they're traditions, not because they feel good. When you know what you like and don't like about Christmas, then you can set your intentions for what you want this Christmas to feel like for you and your family. If your kids are really little, then going through all this thinking and planning is probably something for just you to do or you and your partner. If your kids are older, then you can all be involved in this process too. So setting your intention for what you want this holiday season to feel like. Maybe you want to spend a bunch of time with your loved ones and being social. Maybe you want to take it easy, only going to gatherings that you really want to be at and truly having a break. Maybe you want to feel festive and doing lots of baking and crafts with your kids. Or maybe you actually find Christmas annoying and want to catch up with your family at the gatherings but more or less just ditch Christmas in your home. Being clear about your values related to Christmas and setting your intent is not about deciding how it's going to be for you and creating rules for yourself for how these holidays are going to play out. It's just about bringing awareness to what does add value to your experience so that you can be ready to make any upcoming decisions in accordance with your values. You can unsubscribe from the cultural norm and create your own reality. So assuming the reality that you want to create is a sustainable and minimalistic one this Christmas, let's go through all the different aspects of making that happen. Let's go through all the different aspects of letting that happen. The beginning of the season calls for decorations, or not. If you feel the call to deck the halls, deck away. If you don't, it doesn't really matter. 
the most minimal and low waste option is obviously not getting decorations, but you might still enjoy some, like me. Using what you already have is fantastic. If you are looking to acquire decorations, you can buy second hand. All of my decorations were bought from the op shop last year at probably 80% off the retail price. You can search Facebook Marketplace too. You can also DIY some decorations from natural or recycled materials. That might sound complicated, but there's actually so many ideas on Pinterest and other places on the internet. You can do things with pine cones and even using baking supplies from your pantry to make ornaments. If you have a larger budget for decorations, you could also invest in purchasing eco-friendly decorations too. And the all-important Christmas tree. Or not so important. What we're doing here is focusing on what's important to you. Plastic trees are destined for landfill. If you already have one, then the most sustainable thing you can do with it is keep using it or give it to someone else who will. But there are many alternatives to this too. I've spent the last six or seven years living in like a dozen different homes, including tiny homes, so I've not stored things to use only once a year. Some years I didn't have a Christmas tree at all and other years I got one from the op shop and donated it back afterwards. I've had a miniature tabletop tree before and I think I have a memory of like making some sort of tree once. I think from cardboard or something. I don't know. Um, Maybe I only like thought about doing it because the memory is not that clear. Now that I'm a mum and have settled down a bit, I can keep Christmas stuff in my garage. Yes, I have a garage. I also have like two and a half spare bedrooms, which is very new to me. And I keep my Christmas tree outside. Last year, my mum, whose home is attached to my home, bought us a living Christmas tree in a pot. It's just a little baby, maybe like one meter, and it hasn't grown much since last year. We'll be using this tree as our Christmas tree for many years to come, and we'll keep it potted in the backyard and water it with the rest of our garden. And in December, bring it inside and decorate it. When we have our own land, we'll plant it and it will grow into a big pine tree. On the note of living trees, if you want one, get an actual living tree, not a recently murdered tree that still looks alive. When people buy a real tree, it's usually from a Christmas tree plantation that will grow these trees for a couple of years and then chop them off at their base so you can take it home. After Christmas, most of these trees just get taken to the dump and basically buried under landfill. If you do use one of those trees, try and compost it if you can, or at least make sure that it goes to green waste. They do look amazing, they're lush and green and full of natural beauty, but but sustainability-wise, they're better off staying in the ground. So do look into potted options, even if they're not as big and lush. Okay, 
Moving on to traditions. I'm not a fan of traditions for the sake of keeping up the tradition out of cultural obligation. Traditions for the sake of fun though, I'm all for. I want to give you permission to opt out of Christmas traditions based on what you and your family feel is aligned with your values. Or you can bend traditional practices to work for you. If grandma wants to have a picture of your kids with Santa every year, but your kid feels traumatized when forced to sit on a weird old man's lap in the shopping center, then maybe round up the kids under a Christmas tree and take a nice photo, chuck a frame on it that reads Christmas 2021. You don't have to drag you and your family along to a whole bunch of different things because it's tradition. Side note, fun fact about me is that I used to be an elf at the Maya Center in Brisbane where I was basically paid to be a human prop at Santaland. It was a very interesting experience and definitely the most unique job I've ever had. Close second would be being paid to organize people's underwear drawers, which is part of my current career. End of fun fact. Some other traditions come with waste and clutter. Christmas bonbons, for example. The packaging of the bonbon itself, the stupid plastic toy no one ever likes, and all the rest of it. You can buy eco Christmas crackers for a pretty penny, or even make your own. Or not have them at all. The type of minimalism that I promote is all about letting go of what doesn't serve you, and that can include traditions. You can treat events in the same way too. Make a list of all the Christmas events you are invited to or want to attend or host. From that, you can discuss with your family and see how you feel about going to all of them. Christmas time can very easily go from what looks like a great amount of time off work and having a break to becoming an exhausting season of going from one event to the other. If there's room to declutter your schedule during the holidays and that's what feels good for you, then go for it. Now, going to events at Christmas can often mean Christmas outfits. The thing with Christmas-themed clothing and accessories is that if it's usually only useful for like one month of year, then that's not very sustainable or minimalistic. So maybe try and hold back from buying Christmas-specific clothing. And what you can do is if you want to dress for the occasion is to dress in festive colours, pull out that pretty red dress you own maybe. In Australia, Christmas is in summer, so things like floral, summery vibe clothes can be quite Christmassy. And if you live somewhere where Christmas is in winter, woolen sweaters are totally a Christmas vibe and you can keep wearing them way beyond Christmas. You probably have things in your wardrobe that fit the bill. But if you want to add some new pieces to your wardrobe for Christmas events, then check out my Quitting Fast Fashion episode for ideas on getting new clothes sustainably. Alright, now we're getting into maybe the biggest waste and clutter creating parts of the silly season, and that's presents. Let's start with giving presents. Another side note, I grew up in a gift shop. Kinda. Like, 
My parents owned a gift shop in a Westfield shopping center and I worked there from when I was like 12 till I finished high school. Right in the thick of extended hours Christmas chaos. And it was like maybe six times busy in the weeks leading up to Christmas than any other time of year. I witnessed people being stressed about all the gifts that they need to buy and others going crazy buying trolley loads of gifts. I witnessed all of it for like countless hours of my teenagehood. Like I've probably been in the thick of Christmas gift buying in the shopping centers for like maybe at least 300 hours of my life. Okay, back to the point. Before going into how to gift more sustainably and intentionally, let's talk about how to approach changing the gift-giving culture in your family. If your extended family has their hearts set on doing a gift exchange, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. But your close family and your kids, you can have a conversation with leading up to Christmas. With adults, you can lead a conversation and feel through how the other people feel about going lightly on gifts this year. Or maybe switching up the exchange for something else cool, like a fun family adventure or something. With your own children, changing the family culture around gift giving begins long before Christmas time with your family culture around stuff in general. If you practice minimalism or have been doing a bunch of decluttering with your family, it's going to be so much easier to introduce the idea of going less with more intentional gifts at Christmas time. I know there's a popular minimalist framework that some families work with and that's like the five gift Christmas rule. Something you want, something you need, something you wear, and something you read. That's for the four gift Christmas rule, I think. I don't do that. Well, my kid is only like one, so last year I didn't even get him anything for Christmas, I don't think, because he didn't even know what it was. And this year I might do the same, I might get something like he still doesn't know what Christmas is he's gonna have just as much fun playing with the wrapping paper from everyone else's presents (laughs) but there are a few things I want to get him in general that I might use Christmas as an excuse to put them under the tree and give them to him then You can make up your own framework for how you'll do things so your kids know what to expect. You might tell them that they're going to get one really awesome thing or big thing or expensive thing or whatever and maybe a few more cool gifts too. Whatever works and feels good for your family, set the expectations and roll with it. Being intentional with gift giving is way easier when you start early. You want to avoid those rushed impulse buys last minute. Start making a list of who you are going to give a gift or gifts to and maybe note down a rough total budget for that person. Is it a $10 secret Santa? Is it $40? Or do you have 
deep pockets and it's $440. You want to make this list a checklist so you can keep track of what gifts you have left to find. And then you can either brainstorm ideas of what kind of gifts you want to get them or you could just leave it at that for now. When you're searching for a gift, think about all the aspects of the environmental effect as well as how valued it will be by the receiver and if it might end up adding clutter into their lives. On the environmental aspects, what are materials made from? What's it packaged in? Do you think it was made ethically? Was it shipped from around the world? What happens to it when it's finished being used? Is it destined for landfill? And does it create more waste? For example, like a coffee machine that only takes disposable pods, or maybe it helps reduce waste, like a reusable coffee cup, or it does neither. And then on the minimalist aspect, try and give gifts that are unlikely to become clutter for the receiver. Think about what lifestyle and real interests of the receiver are, Consider if the receiver has a particular preference for this item and if their preferences are like really specific to their style and you might be risking it if you choose something for them. Like if someone's really into fashion, buying them clothes might not actually be a good idea. Think about if the receiver already owns something similar to the item Upgrades are usually fine because they can donate or sell the old thing, but duplicates can create clutter. Like if you buy someone like a random mug that's not any better than any of the other mugs, then that's probably going to clutter up their mug cupboard, that sort of thing. And consider how much value will be added to the receiver's life with the item. And even consider if they'll have a spot for it in their home to put the gift. So much to think about, right? That's alright. We're on a journey of practicing intentionality and it's all in the practice. Let me share some ideas for eco clutter reducing gifts. I've got a little list here. Something that you know the receiver actually wants. Consumables or treats that you know they're like. Gift cards, so then they can choose something that they want. Service vouchers, like massages or treatments or a car service or something. Tickets to shows, like gold class movies or any other sort of entertainment. Classes, adventures or tour-based gifts. Something of higher quality to upgrade something they use regularly. For example, a quality cooking pot. A subscription to match their interests. Can't go wrong with Audible, even if people don't like to read. Surely there's some type of book they would listen to. An IOU for your time. Babysitting on a date night is a great idea. Other quality things that everyone uses. On that idea of like upgrading something they already use, you can get a quality thing that everyone uses but doesn't really buy in quality. Like a really good quality pen or a really good quality water bottle or something. Living plants in a pretty pot. Edibles. Not the psychoactive kind. Unless the receiver is into that kind of thing. I mean nice pantry items. Those kind of edibles. 
Okay, I hope that gives you some ideas. What about receiving gifts? At the end of the day, you don't have control over what people gift you, but you can have some influence. When I was a little kid, I would take catalogs we got in the mail and I'd cut out things that I wanted and I'd create my own catalog as a wish list. As I got a little older, I'd use Microsoft Paint and PowerPoint and take the online catalogs and do a digital version. And as technology progressed, I even had clickable links. Yeah, I was definitely an extra kid. But I always got what I wanted. Like, I wasn't super spoiled, but I made my parents' job easy. I recommend making a Pinterest board for the things that you actually would use and love. And then when someone asks you if you want anything particular for Christmas, which we've all been asked before, I'm sure, you can direct them to a wish list of things online to get ideas from. Or if you're not that extra, then having a few ideas ready in your head is good so that when you get asked that question, you don't give the not-so-helpful answer of, um, I can't really think of anything in particular. And if you do get a gift that you don't actually like, receive it with gratitude and give it a chance in your life. Put it somewhere that you'll have the opportunity to use it and then if it doesn't serve you, don't feel guilty in donating it, be used by someone who does like it or selling it and using the money on something you like. Okay, on to the next point which is kind of back to the last point about giving gifts and that's wrapping paper. Remember the statistic about how Australians alone use more than enough wrapping paper to tie a bow around the earth? Let's not be part of that statistic. The good news is that going low waste with wrapping gifts can actually look better. You can do fabric wrapping, go to an op shop getting scarves or tea towels and wrapping a bow around them. You can use reusable options like gift boxes. And you can repurpose newspaper or kids' artwork as wrapping paper. Or you can do what I do and use brown paper, which is both recyclable and compostable. And I've had the same role for years, using it for birthdays and Christmas. And even like art things too. You can get a ball of hessian string and tie a bow around the gift and add some decorations from plants in your neighborhood or backyard. Pinterest is loaded with inspiration for how you can make brown paper gift wrapping look awesome. Now what about cards? I didn't mention the statistic, but apparently 1 billion Christmas cards end up in the bin each year. Okay, so you shouldn't be giving Christmas cards out out of obligation. Who really feels joy when reading, Dear Steph, hope you have a happy holidays from old mate. No, that's really pointless. But if you want to give a more personal message, you can do that eco-friendly. Friendly? Yeah, let's go with that. You can recycle any cardboard that you have. At my wedding, we told everyone, don't buy us a card. If you really want to give us a card, we would actually prefer the message on the back of your wheat box box, on the back of a cereal box, than on a plastic coated card from the newsagents. 
And the cards we received were so creative and cool. We even received a message in a bottle that we used for years after that. So with Christmas cards, you can get creative with them too. Another awesome option is seed paper cards that you can buy. They have like seeds embedded in the paper. So when you're done reading the message, you can add soil and water and it will sprout into like flowers or herbs. So cool. And if you want to send a Christmas card out with like yearly updates from your family, I know some people do that. You can do a digital card or even a video card. Now, my favorite part, food. Now, take that list of events that you're hosting or going to and identify which ones that you need to help cater for. The most sustainable way to do food is to eat local. Look at where there's farmers markets near you leading up to Christmas and go along getting enough ingredients for the different dishes that you're going to make. While you're there, get more food for the time you'll spend at home during the week too. And while you're at that, put it in your schedule to come back every week in the future and keep doing that. Seriously. Eating organic local food is one of the best lifestyle adjustments that you can make for environmental impact. Try and make tasty plant-based food and if you're using animal products, get them from the farmer's market too and ask the farmer's questions. If you don't have access to a farmer's market, then you could do an ordered organic veggie box delivery or meat box or whatever it is that you want to cook. And don't go overboard with how much you make. You don't want to be part of the statistic of throwing away 25% of the food you have in your fridge over Christmas. I heard someone else say that they try and make 10% less food than they're expecting to be eaten and they never run out. And most of us make more than what we expect to be eaten in fear of running out. And that's why we have so many leftovers that can't be eaten. Now, for my last tip, making time for joy. My first tip was reflecting on what Christmas means to you and what you like and don't like about Christmas. Once you've made a basic plan for what you're doing for Christmas and how to prepare for it all, make sure you've got time for what brings you joy. If your favorite parts about Christmas is spending time by the pool or watching Christmas movies and listening to Christmas music while baking gingerbread houses or something, then make sure you've got room for that. If you get invited to random gatherings in the few days you've got off between events that are actually important to you, then sorry, you've got plans. So that's it. That is my complete guide to having an eco-minimalist Christmas. So if you are ready to go through all of this for yourself, then jump onto the link in the show notes for this episode and download the PDF. It's basically everything that I've spoken about here, but it's in a like document form that you can use as a guide to sit down and plan out your holidays so you can have a joyful time filled with more of the things you love and less of the things that you don't. So jump on and go to that page, download it, and you know what to do. 
that's it from me for today. I hope you have a really lovely Christmas. If you don't jump back on my podcast and listen to me again before Christmas, I wish you the most merry time of year and a very happy new year. Bye for now.